So we're starting a new series of messages this month called Difference Maker. Being a difference maker. And in spite of COVID and in spite of sort of our lack of perhaps connection over the last year, my goal for this series is to help each and every one of us to begin to understand that we have a part in what God's doing. That all of us together, we begin to make a difference when we come together as one body. Sometimes we wonder what difference can one person make? With everything that's going on in the world today, what can one person do? How can one person make a difference? And what I want us to see is that we make a difference when we do it together as the body of Christ. Next week, as part of our stewardship emphasis, we're going to talk about leaving a legacy, planting good seeds today in the lives of other people that will grow for tomorrow. And then the following week after that, we're going to look at opening our hands, giving back to God some of the resources that he has given to us and when we do that, we get a chance to meet the needs of other people, and you and I literally become the answer to someone else's prayer. And that gets me excited when I know that what I'm doing and how I'm contributing is an answer to someone else's prayer. So this morning, what I want to center on is making a difference by focusing in on our mission. By focusing in our mission, when we get clear about our mission and what Jesus has called the church to do and to be, we can make a great impact in our community and our world. So I want to go back to the very last words that Jesus gave to his disciples. I want to talk a little bit this morning about mission and vision and how all of that works together so that we can begin to see God's direction for our church. And my hope is that you'll be inspired not only by the words of Jesus, but also by being a part of what we are doing together as a congregation. So let's pray as we get started this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you that each and every one of us get a chance to be a difference maker. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as we dig into your word this morning, that we would learn what you would have for us about that mission that you gave to your disciples so long ago and what that means for our lives today too. So Lord, speak to our hearts as only you can do. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Well, in our scripture passage for this morning, Jesus is saying goodbye. He talks to his disciples for the very last time. And they were struggling, but he invites them. He says, come and meet me on the mountaintop in Galilee. And so the, they came. There were, the disciples came. There were probably a few women that came there that day too. And these were the people that Jesus had invested in over three years. And they were there and, and they listened to him and he was able to teach them and train them. And it was this intense time. It's like being in an intense internship where they were learning and growing and trying to soak all of it in. And now Jesus is gone. And they're trying to figure out what they're supposed to do and, and what they're supposed to learn and, and really what everything meant that he was talking about. And so they were beginning to try to wrestle with some of those questions to be able to learn that. And so these were his very last words to them after the resurrection on the mountaintop of Galilee. And Jesus tells them in Matthew 28, verse 18, you'll see it up on there on the screen. He says, All authority has been given to me in earth and on heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying everything is under my command. There's nothing that's beyond his reach or his power, and he has authority over everything in the whole universe, and he's giving that authority over to the disciples. Do you think that might have felt a little overwhelming at the moment? 
but he's giving them this authority, and then he gives them some instructions, some powerful and important instructions, starting with verse 19. He says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This was a big mission. This was a big ask. And so they needed all the authority that Jesus was going to give them, that he was going to do, that they, so that they could be bold and confident in their mission. And Jesus says to his disciples, and he says to us, the very first word there, he says, therefore, go. Therefore, go. Sometimes we want to just stay on the mountaintop, don't we, when we have a good experience with God. Maybe we hear a, a, you know, a beautiful song that touches our hearts, or we hear a great sermon, or we go on a retreat, or we go to church camp, or we see a magnificent sunset, and we don't want to leave because it's comfortable and because it just feels like we've been able to just get a glimpse of eternity real quick. It feels good and it feels right, and we don't want it to go away. But here's the reality. I want you to see this. Mountaintops are meant to encourage you, but valleys mature you. Have you ever thought about that before? Mountaintops, they're meant to encourage us. Those are moments that are meant that we can feel close to God, that we can begin to catch a glimpse of what he's doing. And they're wonderful. We need mountaintops in our life. Mountaintops are meant to encourage us, but valleys are the things that actually mature us. And the disciples, they had been going through a really hard time, and I imagine they didn't want to leave that mountaintop that day. They had watched Jesus die, and then he had not been found in the tomb, and they were called to go to this Mount of Galilee, and Jesus is there in his re resurrected form. And I imagine they just wanted to sit there and stay in that moment because that's what they were comfortable with. But Jesus reminded them, and he said to them, and he says to us as well, that we have those special times with Christ in order to go and tell our story, in order to go and to tell what God has done for us, in order to go and tell about the difference that Christ makes in our lives, in the good times and in the difficult times too. It is in that way that we are to make disciples of all nations. This is our mission as disciples of Christ. This is our mission also as a church. It's what we are about. It's who we are. It's about everything that we do. We are to share the story and invite others to know Christ. And then we are to teach them and baptize them and train them, and then we are to send them out in mission. That's what we do. That's what we're about. It's sort of this continuous cycle of bringing people to know the love of Christ and teaching and training them up and sending them out to serve. All of us are a part of that mission. And the mission is the purpose for which an organization exists. And so our purpose, our reason for existence, it's clear as to why our church exists is to fulfill this statement, to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. These words are known as the Great Commission. In fact, I said to my 15-year-old son, we're going to talk about the Great Commission tomorrow. He said, well, what's that? And I said, well, you need to come and listen to the sermon. You can find out what that is. But making disciples is the central part of what Jesus says we are called to do. 
Being a disciple means that our focus as a follower of Jesus is to make more disciples. As his final words, Jesus didn't say, just go find a comfortable church and enjoy a lot of social events. He didn't say that. He didn't say, go build a church that's cozy for you and for your friends and that will never change. He didn't say that. He didn't say, try to do nice things for people when you can. Jesus didn't say those things. He said, go and make disciples. That's your purpose. That's what you were called to be about as a church. And so that's our mission and our purpose here too, is working to create a climate of kindness and welcome and compassion and challenge so that people can meet Jesus. So they can decide to be a disciple, to be his follower. And then to be able to come together and be able to walk that journey. Knowing that they will be supported, knowing that they will be loved, knowing that they will not be judged as we walk on that spiritual journey together. Go and make disciples. It's called the Great Commission. It's not the Great Suggestion. It's not an option or an extra for us. It is the very reason for which we, as the church, exist. And how we put that into uh, something that we can remember is our mission. You see that right outside on the entry doors here before you come in. Our mission at Redeemer Church is to connect people with the love and life of Jesus Christ. That's our mission, to connect people with Jesus' love, and then to help them to become more like Jesus Christ. Through the various ministries of our church, we desire that people not only meet Jesus, but also over time grow in their faith so that they live obediently to his commands and become conformed to his character. We want people to meet Jesus and to become more like him. Why does our church exist? There are many organizations out there that serve other people and meet needs. But what's the difference between the church and other service organizations? It is God. We serve people in the name of God. We serve people out of our love for Jesus Christ, out of our desire to teach others about the love and grace of Jesus. That's what makes us different from other organizations. Why does our church exist? What is our purpose? Who are we here to serve? We're here to help bring new people to Jesus. That's always a part of our mission. We want to help them to develop in faith and to walk with Christ and then to send people out to serve in Jesus' name. Connect, grow, serve. That's why we're here. That's our mission. That's what we do. And our vision is how do we do that? How does that work out in a concrete way? Vision is this idea of of what is this picture that you see, how does that vision, or how does that mission work out? And the vision is sort of this, this compelling picture of the future of ministry, the unique way that our church carries that, out that mission. And you've seen this before, but just a reminder, our vision at Redeemer is threefold. We want, first of all, we believe that God has called us to focus on being a church in this community that church and unchurched people alike love to attend. We want to always be thinking about who is that person out there who's maybe not connected, <clears throat> not connected with a church, who is unchurched. How can we show the love of Jesus Christ to that person as well as the people that are already here? And so we do that all the time. We want this to be a place that church and unchurched people alike love to attend. Second of all, 
We believe that our outreach and presence in DeWitt and St. John should transform the values and culture of our communities. We want to be able to reach out in mission that makes a difference so that people say, I'm so glad that Redeemer Church is here because they're helping me with what it is that I need or how it is, and we want to be a part of meeting real practical needs in our community. And third, we believe that God will use Redeemer Church as a catalyst for renewal and transformation. Our passion is to assist other churches in becoming healthy and vital congregations. God, we believe that God wants to use us in order to help others. It's not just for ourselves, but to be a part of the renewing work of God to continue to help other churches also to make disciples in their context as well. That's our vision. And it's a big vision. And it continues to carry us forward into the future. If we want to live out our vision as a mission-oriented church, we have to focus ourselves on creating an environment in which individuals and ourselves as a congregation are known by three things. That first of all, we love God. And second of all, we love our neighbor. And third, that we're committed to making disciples, to helping grow up our, our children when they're, when they're young and to invest in our youth. And we got a chance to celebrate confirmation just a few weeks ago. What a great joy that was. 26 students professing their faith in Jesus Christ. And to welcome uh, young adults and adults at every age to be able to come into this place and to know that they're going to be supported and loved as they grow in their journey of faith. Love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. The first century church, they were able to do that because they relied on the power of the Holy Spirit to guide them. Those first disciples, they weren't particularly sophisticated people. They weren't learned theologians. They didn't have it all together. They weren't gifted in anything beyond the ordinary. They were just average people who gave themselves over to God and allowed him to work through them to build his church, and they were prepared to take risks. They were prepared to step out in faith because they trusted God to do the work through them. We never live out this mission or these instructions for Jesus in our own power. What does Jesus say after he gave these instructions to the disciples? He reminds them of this, verse 20. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And Matthew writes his whole story about Jesus and what Jesus did and what he taught and what he meant. And the very last words at the very end of Matthew is these empowering words, these reassurance that Jesus would always be with us. God is with us, Emmanuel. Jesus says, never forget that. Never forget that I am with you and I am the one who will empower you and give you what you need to carry out this mission. What can the impact of one person be? How can you and I make a difference for Christ? Well, you never know. You never know how your obedience to the call of God in your life could change the lives of others around you. There's an example of a man. His name was Mordecai Ham. Do you know who Mordecai Ham is? It might not be a name that particularly strikes you. He was a revival preacher in the early 20th century, mainly in the South, and 
He would go along and he'd, he'd preach in, in tents that were outside. There were many preachers like that in his day, and even though he was, you know, rather well-known in that time, there wasn't anything that would make him stand out. Nothing that would keep his name in the history books except one thing. One thing. One night, he issued an invitation for people to come forward and to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. And one night, a teenager came forward named Billy Graham. When Mordecai Ham responded to God's call in his life, when he said yes to doing what God had asked him to do, he had no idea the impact that his obedience would have on the entire world. What is the impact of one person? It's endless. When you and I say yes to God, your life and my life will change forever. And not only that, but our obedience to whatever it is that God has placed on our life and when we are obedient to that in the small things and in the big things too, it has a rippling effect. And it begins to affect those around us in ways that we can't even measure. And how is your family different because you said yes to God? And how does that affect your family tree, your, your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren after that? The impact is endless. Because each one of us have an opportunity to be a part of what God is doing all around us. Mountaintops, they're meant to encourage us. And we get excited when, when we see something very cool that God's doing and we get to be a part of it and mountaintops encourage us. But it is in the valleys that we mature in faith. That's where the real work of faith happens. In the day-to-day -day working out what God has called us to do and to be. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. All of us have the responsibility to take this command seriously. And so I ask myself, and I want you to ask yourself this morning too, what are you doing to encourage people in the Christian faith? How can you and I encourage other people in the Christian faith? What have you shared recently about your church on social media? What role are you taking here at Redeemer to support your own growth in faith? Are you bringing positivity and, and kind words and encouragement to this fellowship? Or do we sometimes get caught in the grumbling and complaining and negativity that's all around us in our world and what we're experiencing today? A lot of what is happening, we can't control. But we can't control our attitude toward it. We can play our part if we constantly and consistently choose the way of love and the way of encouragement and the way of grace and the way of hope and to choose that in our lives. We cannot accomplish God's mission and vision here at Redeemer unless all of us become a part of that. We cannot accomplish what God has asked us to do without you. Because you are a difference maker. 
And every single one of us have a part, and it will take each and every one of us working together, but I believe with all of my heart that God has good things in store for us as a congregation as we live out our mission and as we live out our vision and as we depend on God to empower us to do so. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, the words of the Great Commission I think that they felt pretty heavy on those disciples so long ago. They wanted to stay on that mountaintop and they wanted to just stay close and to do what they, to do what they knew. But Jesus, you sent them out and you said, go and tell your story. And go and tell about what a difference that Jesus has made in your heart and life. And Lord, those words ring true for us today, all of these years later. Because all of us have a story. And we know, Lord, what it is that you've called us to do and to be. So help us to be faithful in that. Help us to stay true to our mission. Help us to live out the vision that you've called Redeemer to be and to do. And may each of us, Lord, contribute our part. And may we be, Lord, your faithful disciples who invest in making disciples too. Thanks, Lord. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.